everybody. Welcome to Performance Anxiety on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Max Phelps from Exist joins me on this episode. We jump right into a discussion on the latest Tool album, Cliché Tool Fans, and the greatness of Chris Poland. He also tells me how the band's name Exist is a problem on Google. I can only imagine why. Max also talks about how the last two albums, So True, So Bound, and Egoista, were recorded around the same time. But after a serious health scare, Egoista had to be delayed. So give Exist a follow on Instagram at exist underscore band underscore official. Follow us at Performance ANX. And if you like what you're hearing, consider buying us a cup of coffee at coffee.com slash performance anxiety. That's ko-fi.com. There's no commitment and it helps keep the show going. It's been a long pandemic, so there's no puns today. Here's Max Phelps of Exist on Performance Anxiety. How's it going, guys? This is Max Phelps from the band Exist. Uh, we just put out our new album, which is called Egoista. So you can find that online, find it on Spotify, find it on your social media, Exist, uh, or Facebook.com slash Exist, and some other Instagram stuff, too. Um, and, and you are listening to Performance Anxiety, and also... I'm scripted to tell you that I have performance anxiety. <laughs> well, first of all, I would thank you for coming on, man. This is awesome. Oh, thanks for having me, man. Oh, of yeah. course, of course. I went. I've listened to the album, the new album. I've really enjoyed it, and I went back and started to listen to the, the older stuff. So it's, it's. I'm really really impressed by everything. The, the the entire catalog is just fantastic. Oh, thanks, man. Oh, of course, of course. And um, the the harder genres like this, I'm, I go about as a dev... Uh, I like Strapping Young Lad, uh-huh. but I don't have a huge, vast knowledge of the genre. So please excuse any ignorance of mine if I ask you stupid questions about it. So It's all good, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But... Even though I don't know a whole lot of it, I mean, I'm I like what I've heard from you guys. Uh, Prosthetic has been sending me some pretty awesome people, so, awesome. so I'm really thrilled. I, four, four Stroke Baron was on um, Varaha, so I'm really really enjoying a lot of your label mates. So oh, killer, I'm, let's keep it up. They're sending me great people. They're signing some fantastic bands like you guys. So, <laughs> so you were you're you're from Baltimore, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Is that where you got where you the band is based? Sort of. Yeah. Um, the bass player Alex and I are both here. Um, I, he grew up in Germantown. I grew up in Frederick, and our other guitarist still lives in Frederick. And, oh, sweet. Um, yeah. And then uh, our our drummer lives in Atlanta, but he's he's newer to the band. Yeah. So okay, I'm I'm not too far from you guys. I live in Winchester. Okay, cool. So, awesome. Yeah. So I'm an hour from Frederick. You go to Frederick to uh, go to the uh, Voltaggio's restaurants every once in a while. Uh, you know what? I've, I've never actually been there. Oh, man. Yeah, I, you know, I know. And I, I know it's like it's like world famous. Like, yeah. yeah uh, no, I'll have to. I don't know. If, maybe when the pandemic ends. We'll yeah. If, it, if it's still open at that point. <laughs> yeah. But it's. It's delicious. I recommend it. Uh, so how did you get into music in the first place? What, how old were you when you started really paying attention to music? Um, so I would say it, I would probably say it started when I started playing guitar at the age of 13. Okay. Um, I did take piano lessons before that in like fourth grade, but it was like, I, I did it for probably about two years, but it wasn't something I took that seriously. Oh, okay. I enjoyed it, you know, but it wasn't, uh, it you know, it was more like method books and, um, oh, yeah. That sort of thing. and yeah, I think I, I just, I didn't have as, I think if I, if I had stuck with it, I probably would have fallen in love with it, you yeah. know, I got a little older, but I didn't. And yeah, so, so probably more around when I was like 13 and I started playing guitar. I always liked music before that, but it was, you know, that's, around when I really got crazy about it. Yeah. Was there a lot of music in the house growing up or were, you, were your parents musical? Uh, they're not like super musical, but they did expose me to stuff. Um, okay. 
you know, they like my mom exposed me to, you know, like the Beatles and Michael Jackson and all, you know, and actually like some kind of weirder stuff too. I guess sometimes, um, you know, they had like an old record collection and a lot of cassettes and, um, yeah. And, and yeah, I, I, I mean, I, my earliest memories of, of some of that were we're just driving around and my mom would have a cassette of the white album that she would put on. And I would, I always really loved that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that kind of, and you know, they're still one of my favorite bands, I guess. So there's like, I, I remember, enjoying music at a really young age but i didn't like consciously think about it the same way like like i remember watching fantasia and then later when i was older having a, a teacher recommend that i check out the right of spring by stravinsky and then you know and it's like i realized oh i actually know every note of this already at least <laughs> segments that were in that you know um, and it was like i always appreciated that stuff and i i think i i absorbed it in a way but it wasn't really something that um I consciously thought about, you know? Okay. Yeah. So what, what was it that brought you to playing the guitar? What, what, what really flipped the switch and said, I, I, I want to play guitar. Honestly, I don't even completely know. It was, I mean, it was really just as simple as one of my best friends who is still a really close friend of mine. And actually I was, I guess he's been my best friend since I was four. He started playing guitar because he was really obsessed with the Beatles and getting into, and then getting into like other kind of classic rock stuff. Um, okay. and he was taking lessons and I, yeah, I don't even know why. Like, I, I think it was just one of those, Oh, well, Dan's doing it. I'll do it. You know? <laughs> and, um, and so I started taking lessons with the same teacher that he was taking lessons with, who was a great, teacher uh yeah. as far as like you know he, he was really somebody that was i think important to my development as a person in high school you know and uh sort of like the first like i i guess you know i didn't really like sports that much uh i didn't really like organized activities i think i didn't really like anything where i had to at that age where i felt like i had to kind of compare myself to other people and something that i liked about okay. guitar was just that i kind of just did it in my bedroom and you know and i would jam with my buddy and a few other friends eventually but it was like it, you know it was something that i kind of just i did i didn't really have any plan for it i didn't have any sort of like you know i didn't have any ambitions with it it was just something that i kind of did and eventually it replaced video games you know <laughs> yeah what was the first metal album that really took you from the beatles to you know, the, the heavier side of the the spectrum, the stuff that you guys actually play now. So, well, I guess a little before I started playing guitar, you know, I, I heard like bands that everybody was kind of into at the time. So it would have been, you know, I, I, I mean, like for heavy stuff, you know, I'm of the generation where the, what is called like new metal yeah. would have been emerging. So, you know, I, I, I think I, I heard like, corn and slipknot before anything else, you know, and, and, and honestly, the first thing that, even though it's not, like metal, you know, I, I remember being in, I think sixth grade when the Marshall Mathers LP came out oh. and, that was, and every kid had that, you know, and I mean, that's heavy in a way it's a different sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's, it's like angry music. That exactly. Sort of, I did, you know? And, uh, so, you know, there was stuff like that. And then, I, and then when I really started playing music and playing guitar, I think the first band that I really got obsessive about was tool. Oh yeah. Okay. Like I was a huge fan. Okay. So that, that brings up the question. What do you think about the new album? Fear and Occupy? I, I love it. Really? Love it. Yeah. No, I, I think it's amazing. Uh, wow. it actually, and uh, yeah, maybe, maybe some people don't feel that way that you don't, you're not a fan. I, I, you know, I listened to it when it was, you know, when it first came out of streaming, I, I still haven't even bought it. Yeah. I, but to me, it just sounds a lot like, uh, lateralis and 10,000 days. It just, it's just, to me, it's a continuation of the same, you know, the, the triplets, yeah. the hammer on everything. It just sounds to me, it sounds like if you take those albums and took, uh, Danny Carey's drums and made them a little more 1980s sounding. I think so, but I, yeah, I could see that. Well, okay. So here's the question. Were you a big fan of those albums before that? I liked, them i liked uh lateralis and then Ten Thousand days was a little i don't know i, I started to 
I kind of felt like 10,000 days sounded a little too much like lateralis. Like, all right, we're, yeah, 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 I could agree with we're that. doing the same thing here. I wasn't as impressed with 10,000 days as like lateralis and, and anima before that. I was like obsessed oh. about, you know, when I was, yeah, yeah anima, I was just, I listened to that constantly. Yeah. Um, but I mean, maybe honestly, in a way, what I liked about the new one was though that it did feel like a continuation of those, even though so much time has gone by yeah. and, but it didn't feel like to me, like forced, if that makes, I, at least I didn't think, you know, I mean, okay. like yeah, they've got their vocabulary and they kind of work within this really close threshold. And I think there's a lot of people that maybe the band didn't click with as much, you know, on that, on that really. Cause you know, the, the cliche tool fan is like, kind of a joke because yes. <laughs> you know it's considered to be like really pretentious and oh, but i think i think maybe there's like more casual listeners who kind of didn't experience experience that level of obsession yeah maybe hear it and they're just kind of like well i don't see what the big deal is because it's like on paper you could be like okay well this is kind of simple music in some ways and there's a lot of minimalism and there's a lot of but now nah, i don't know to me like the way they sort of implement those devices and the way that, and i think one thing like Cause, cause Matt, the other exist guitarist, he's the same way. Like he's a tool fanatic. And, yeah. and, um, I think one thing that we both kind of like about it is just that it, it feels like a lot of music. Now there's not as much patience in the music, if that makes sense. I think, yeah, I think I know what you're saying. And tool is like a band that is really unafraid to kind of take these minimalistic ideas and then just develop, you know, one device at a time. And it's, I, I don't know, to me, it like, it, it keeps me really engaged, you know? So, so when I heard Fear Inoculum, I was kind of like, you, you know, I didn't want to read any <laughs> thing that people were saying. Yeah. And I didn't want to, uh, and I don't think I listened to the first, you know, they released the first track first, but like, I avoided that. Cause I'm like, okay, well, I'll just wait till hear the whole album. And I, I did the same I, thing. Yeah. I was really impressed. I, I think it's, you know, I can see why people would be ripping on it, but I'd almost be surprised if like the really hardcore tool fans, are disappointed yeah. in a way just cause you know, maybe it's a sentiment thing, but <laughs> yeah. See, I think for me it was, I, I was, God, I was in college when undertow came out. Yeah. So I got that as soon as it came out, a friend of mine suggested it like, Hey, you got to check out this band tool. I said, all right, cool. And I got it and I loved it. So I went back and I got the, uh, the EP, uh, what the hell, the opiate EP. Uh-huh. And, and one of the really cool things was when I got the, the opiate EP, it had in, in the liner notes, it said, Hey, f- you know, check out, we've got some more stuff, you know, right to this. Cause this was like 92 or three or yeah. something. Like that. Yeah. 92, I think. So I was like, all right, so they check out, uh, right for a catalog of our stuff. So I, back in the days I, I wrote them a, a letter and sent, you know, sent them like the dollar or whatever it was for this, for their catalog. And they sent it to me and they, here's get a cassette of our demos for seven bucks. Yeah, sure, I'll do that. So I sent them a check for seven bucks. They sent me a cassette, which I still have it in the back. It, it's sitting there. I can see it from here. It's about ten feet behind me, uh-huh. with, with all the original demos from before Opiate. So oh, I don't think I've heard any of that. Oh, it's an, it, it's it's been bootlegged a lot, but it's the uh, it's that cassette with the uh, real the phallic tool with the like the oh, okay. the, the I, wrench. I even, I know that logo. I didn't even yeah. know that was that far back. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's the the uh, cassette title is like it's I don't know, it's like five, it's like one, two, seven, three, six. I don't know, it's some, it's just numbers. I don't even I used to know what they actually meant, but I don't I'm it's so far removed from it at this point cuz I don't play right. the cassette anymore. <laughs> I used to pop that in my car and listen to it. Now it's worth like a grand or something. I'm just like I'm gonna put that thing under lock and key. Right. But I think my, my whole point of that is I, I've been a fan for a long time. And I think with a 13 year gap between albums, I was kind of expecting something that would sound like the band had progressed or had done something with those 13 sure. years. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Well, I think that's understandable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I would have been kind of open to whatever, you know, Yeah. to me, the album, it sounds like that still, but it's not, it didn't feel like somehow, you know, a lot of times when you have bands that do that after that long, you know, and they age and there's a lot of albums that feel more like it's just an attempt to recreate something, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and to me, that album doesn't 
it doesn't feel like that. Like it, I, maybe the, I don't know. That might just be my taste, but it doesn't. It feels. Uh, it felt genuine to me. Well, there um, are some great tracks on like Tempest. Uh, is, I think is great. Um, I and I can't remember the titles for all of them because it's been a while since I listened to it. But, I, you know, I, you're kind of making me think I should go back and give it another listen. So <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll do that at work tomorrow. <laughs> just put it on. <laughs> you know, Max, Max, a big fan of this. Let me, let me give it another shot. But Yeah, uh, I mean, that just might be me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I try not to be too dogmatic about yeah. these anymore, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when did you meet up with the guys who became the original version of exist uh well there was an incarnation before any of these guys were in there okay um and that would have been like high school basically it was yeah this drummer that i uh was good friends with in high school you should look up by the way alex rudinger he's okay ridiculous he's like one of the craziest metal drummers in the world oh sweet Um, just as far as tightness and yeah he's pretty unbelievable he's one of the hardest working people i know i'll look him up for Um, sure yeah and uh and so he was like in the original incarnation and we actually and and then there was another bass player who same thing it was like a high school friend of mine and um and then we kind of like rotating second guitarists we had a vocalist for a while too even before that um oh wow but but yeah we recorded an album as that and uh it sounded a lot it was like a lot more straight death metal i guess um You know, still kind of proggy, but but a little. I, I don't know. It was it was a different thing. It was kind of a different thing. Your chops hadn't progressed to the extent they are now either. So I'm sure it was. Yeah, little... I think also maybe there was a little more of like. A, I don't know. I I think we weren't taking it as seriously in some ways, and then also maybe there was a little more of a conservative mindset of like, oh well, this is this, so it's got to be this. I don't I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool album. Yeah, yeah, the chops thing, Drew. You know, but but then um, he ended up. Uh, we we kind of parted ways, and the bass player was already kind of out of the picture by then. And Alex had joined the current bass player, yeah, who's still with us. And uh, and then yeah, like the lineup sort of reformed, and we started doing this thing pretty quickly after that became our first EP that actually got released. So, okay. so yeah, we kind of sat on this whole uh, debut album in like two thousand seven or eight or something. You know, okay. that was finished. and yeah, and then just kind of shelved it and uh, and did this other EP release that and sort of went from there, but that would have been, yeah, I guess around that EP came out in 2010. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, I guess it would have been the few years before that, that we were like playing a lot of local shows and playing okay. that real and some of the sunlight material as well. Cause most of that was already written. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. I've no, I never, I've known those guys for a little while before then. So I've probably known, Alex, the bass player, and Matt, the other guitarist, since like 2006 or so around when I graduated high school. Oh, yeah. cool. Okay. So, so Exist has really been the only band you've been in then? No. No? Well, no I, um, so I, I toured with, well, I, I've, I've done a lot of other, like, I, I've done a ton of other stuff because I do kind of like the freelance thing as well. Um, but I, yeah, I, 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 I toured with uh, Cynic. Okay. Just like another, if you haven't checked out Cynic, definitely. Cause they were like one of my absolute favorite bands. And I ended up playing with them at, uh, in like 2011. So it was like right after we recorded that first EP. Okay. Okay. Um, and I've kind of been involved with them on and off. Um, the drummer just passed away. Uh, oh, but gosh. yeah, uh, but the band is like still hypothetically, uh, you know, they're still active. He's yeah. the main working on a new album. Um, and then, uh, and then I, I did this, uh, and then there's a, a band called Death that some of the Cynic guys were, that played in, like a death metal band called Death that's sort of like, sort of one of the bands that, I, I mean, I think the people say that death metal, the term death metal actually comes from the word death. I'll send you some links to some stuff. But, yeah, uh, yes, but, please. So the, the guy who plays guitar for that, Chuck Schuldiner, he, uh, yeah. he passed away in like 2001 he was kind of he was really the brains behind that band yeah i remember and, that yeah but um a bunch of the musicians that played in the lineups uh they've kind of started touring the music again at some point and doing like a tribute sort of like a glorified tribute band and and uh, okay. because i was working with the cynic guys i got kind of pulled into into doing that so so that's something i've 
toured with pretty extensively. Um, that is, I, we're still doing it. It's, you know, we're not doing it right now. And we've kind of had yeah. like a, we've not done it for maybe five years, but we were actually going to be starting to kind of do it again, right when the pandemic hit. Oh, geez. Um, so, and then there's another band, a German band that I toured with, uh, and did an EP with called defeated sanity. And they're like, um, they're crazy. I, that's some crazy stuff. Like, you know, it's <laughs> that's like entry to death metal, but it's, really, it's really wild music, man. It's, oh, I, cool. I think they're brilliant. And, uh, and you know, they, I just did vocals on their stuff and it was just one EP that was actually a very different sound than kind of what they do, but they just released an album that, you know, I'm not really involved with them anymore, but uh, okay. or, I don't know. So it's, <laughs> everything's undefined with all that stuff, you know? It's yeah. Like, it's pretty fluid. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah, I played in a lot of other like local bands and, um, okay. and but it, it exists. Is, is that the, the, that, I mean, that's basically your baby though. Yes. Yeah. 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 That I would say. Yeah. So as far as like the band that I write for, yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how did you come up with the name exist? Because it's, it's really simple, but really powerful. I'm surprised it hadn't been used before. I think it, well, first off, it has been used before by a I'm late, getting everything wrong tonight. It, no, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, but, well, here's the thing. So, I didn't realize this when I came up with First off, okay, so, so the name exists just, to me, I wanted to kind of get away from, like, what might seem like a kind of cliche name in the metal scene, and I wanted something that sounded a little more all-encompassing, and, okay. like, I thought, like, you know, the fact that, like, yes was just yes, or, like, rush was just rush like i thought all that stuff was really cool and so i wanted to kind of do something like that but little did i know it would be like a big problem for search engine stuff you know as we kind of move into the internet (laughs) like you can't look up exist so i think that's actually kind of screwed us a lot i don't know maybe not i i I, i'm pretty sure it's a problem yeah That was like 10 years ago. I wasn't really thinking like that. I just thought it sounded cool, but I probably wouldn't call that now. I'm working on another band that I put out an EP with called Wait with a guy, a good friend of mine who's here in Baltimore also. Okay. Um, and he named the band Wait, and I'm trying to tell him, like, don't do Ooh. that. Yeah. yeah it's too late. So, <laughs> um, Learn from me. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It just kind of seemed like, you know, the the lyrics were kind of, this existential questioning kind of stuff, which, you know, maybe is now like a little cliche in, in this subgenre and, you know, all of the, ba- a bunch of the bands that I liked were kind of writing stuff like that. But, um, it just seemed like a fitting name that kind of had a cool element of mystery, I guess, you know, that makes sense. And I, and I, I think it's great. I love the, the band logo, the, the artwork that you guys have done. The, uh, uh, the, the previous album look, it looks exactly, has a very Roger Dean look to the artwork. I thought it was, it, it's a uh, fantastic Roger D. I'm sorry. I'm oh, not. from yes. The guy who did all the yes oh, covers. The guy who did the covers. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't, I could see that though. Yeah. I could definitely see that. So that was just basically, it's this guy, Sebastian jerk in Germany. Okay. Um, and yeah, we kind of stumbled upon his stuff before we were working, I guess around when we were, working on so true so bound and just thought it was really cool and uh he's been awesome to work with because he's very like a lot of artists i've worked with and i understand this but you know they they sort of just need to do all their commissions and get it done and so it's like you know you give him a concept and it's kind of like okay well here's the this guy goes hard so we'll give him a concept and he'll uh he really sort of bounces back and forth on what it is and um and maybe how he can contribute to that. And like, he likes to really get into, I, I don't know. Oh, what's the, you know, what's going on lyrically with this album. And That's yeah, awesome. and, he just, and he did the logo. So the logo, we sort of worked off of an old logo that somebody else did for us. That was originally Matt or other guitarist design. And then we wanted to sort of touch it up. That was the sunlight logo. Right. Right. And so Matt and Alex are both, decent visual artists and they kind of we kind of honed these ideas down until we had something that was pretty close and then we gave that to sebastian because we knew he could really make something out of it and he spit like 20 options back so we really spent a long time thinking about that and refining that but yeah he's just really cool as far as being willing to do 
you know, he'll do a million passes of something until you're happy. And oh, he wow. just really likes to get, you know, and he'll always like, you'll ask him to do something and he'll throw like 20 options at you and be like, well, do you like this or this or this or yeah, he's just, I don't know. And so I, I love working with him for that reason. That's fantastic. You don't, yeah. You don't get a, you don't usually get that. I've had to work with people like for my, well, actually my logo was, was pretty simple. So for the, uh-huh. for the podcast, it was, uh-huh. I told the guy what I wanted and, Showed him what the one I had done a uh, rendering I had done myself when I'm right. you know total basic with that crap, and uh, he sent back like three options. I said let's combine like numbers one and three, and then I'm good. So <laughs> that was it. So, but I mean, hey, if you know, if, and if that's what you need, and it hits the spot, like you know, there's no reason to go beyond that. But oh, yeah. yeah, it's just. And and also it's like with guys I've worked with before, it's like I understand that because every you know you're not it's not that lucrative of a thing yeah. and uh you know you've kind of got to hustle to hustle with that and so but yeah no he's just really cool about it and uh yeah we love working with him and correct me if i'm wrong because i've been doing this a lot tonight did uh, did you go to school for music uh did you after high school uh i did kind of on and off okay. like i um i originally went to school for like one semester out of high school for like uh i I think I wanted to do like IT or something and and uh I didn't really want to do that. No. And, you know, <laughs> no. It was just one of those like, uh, this seems like the obligatory kind of thing to do and I'll just pick a major. Yeah. And then I, I re- and then I realized when I was there that like I really want to take a shot at music. And so I, I dropped out because I was like, okay, I, I shouldn't do this right now. I should just take some time, you know, and oh, yeah. I worked in uh in a warehouse for a while and started studying privately. Okay. With, uh, yeah, with with a really proficient teacher who's you know and really learning like the jazz theory stuff and you know and that and just a lot more kind of music pedagogy stuff. That's and, what uh, I wanted to know about. The, yeah, the the jazz. Yeah. That's what I'd read. So what got you into the into jazz? Uh, kind of that. Yeah, sort of. You know, I mean, I I guess my gateway was kind of through the progressive metal stuff to like okay. fusion to then you know, more traditional jazz and, uh, some of the more like modern kind of stuff that's going on. But, um, yeah, but I, but I, I do think that comes a lot from studying it. You know, I sort of was discovering it synonymously while, while studying it. And, uh, I went to study music just cause I was curious about all that stuff and I wanted to, to right. push myself more and, and, and just to kind of figure out, you know, what are the mechanics of all this? Like, what is it that's happening here? Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at least on that level, there's all these other levels of like, you know, sound that I don't under, like, I don't understand like EQ and under, you know, I'm, I'm oh, yeah. when it comes to like, you know, that, that <laughs> technology side of things or like the whole engineering maybe, aspect. Yeah. Or like the physics of what's going on. Like I understand music theory pretty well, but yeah, you know, there's a whole bunch of other stuff. That, yeah. uh, well, I was listening as I was listening and, and going back through your older albums. It's, a couple things struck me, and, and I don't know, you know, I I don't know exactly who your influences are outside of the Beatles and yeah. uh, and, and Tool, but I, I was listening and, and I, not just the the phrasings, but even the tone of of the guitars. It's it feels and it sounds to me a lot like Chris Poland, uh, his solo oh, stuff, sure. and. Yeah, uh, sure. And Guthrie Govan, yeah, I'm getting. I, I'm, I'm hearing those are the like the two big influences I'm hearing as far as guitar. mind that i'd love to get on the show at one point but, <laughs> but so i mean are you listening to instrumentalists like that you know good shredders sure. and yeah yeah for sure i mean i yeah i love both of those guys um so so like holdsworth alan uh, holdsworth is yeah like for me that's like you know one of my biggest guys and it's it's probably not disguised too well you know but <laughs> like I mean, that's also like a guy that i don't think I think if you imitate him at all, it's, you know, it, he's just so different. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, similar sort of, you know, Chris Paul sort of like fusion and that, you know, and, and go up into, you know, they're, 
it's it's not that far off i don't think um yeah i like him there's a jazz guitarist i really really like named Kurt rosenwinkel not familiar with him he's like a kind of a more modern guy and then there's a whole bunch of of other ones kind of in that world that are maybe like lesser now but uh there's a lot of guitarists like that i like and and yeah i mean yeah i like guthrie and i like chris paul and you know i think yeah Everybody kind of went to Chris Paul and like through Megadeth, you know, but, but those Ohm albums are kind of in the vein of that. Yeah. I love the Ohm. And uh, the one he did, uh, Ohm Free with Umphreys McGee was just, they actually did two with Umphreys McGee. I don't know if I've heard that. I didn't even know he collaborated with them. I, I, I know Umphreys McGee, but I didn't, uh, yeah, yeah, I haven't heard yeah. He did two albums with them, um, and they're both fantastic. It's uh, oh, awesome. it's weird. It's, it's, you know, basically Chris Poland with a jam band. It's just... So it's weird, but it, it, it works for him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I so, can see that. Oh, yeah. And, it, and I mean, he's done, God, he's done so much stuff. I remember, uh, I'd say early 2000s, he, he had released a solo album, Chasing the Sun. And uh, I reached out to the, the label that was releasing it. And I said, I've been a huge fan. I've got both his albums with Megadeth. Uh, I, maybe even the, the third one had, had come out. The system has failed because he, he was on that one too. I think that one may have even come out. And I'm like, I'm a huge Chris Poland fan. I, you know, I've, I've got all this stuff. You guys got anything else besides this? And the guy's like, oh yeah. He's like, I've got all this crap. He's like, it's not... He's like, I'll just copy it for you. He's like, send me whatever the amount was. He's like, I'll send you as much stuff as I've got. I'm like, wow. Okay. So I, I get in the mail. I get, I get uh, a solo album. I get a bunch of stuff he did with a band called uh, Mumbo's Brain, which is just really weird stuff. Um, all kinds. Oh, yeah. It's all kinds of weird demos and stuff. Because he was also in a band, a prog band called Damn the Machine in the early 90s. That sounds familiar. Yeah, it was... I don't know if I've really heard it. It was him. Uh, the bassist was a guy named Dave Randy. And uh, his brother, I think, Mark Poland, is the drummer in that. So it was just... it, it was They did one album, and uh, I think they did demos for a second album, and that became this weird band, Mumbo's Brain. And then they, he just started demoing all kinds of stuff, and it's just some really cool jazzy influenced but you know heavier stuff it's really wild stuff if you can find it i'll see if i can i'll see if i can shoot you some links to it because it's really cool stuff sure we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors in the vocals of the band i hear a devin townsend influence um in the in the I hear you know he gets these big grandiose choruses that are beautiful, and I I hear that in in the choruses that you guys do, but I also hear like um, the Planet Smasher from Ziltoid in in, in some <laughs> songs, which is like the deepest heaviest voice I've ever heard. So it that, that's really cool that you sound similar to it. I mean I I don't know how you do that without destroying your voice. Yeah, I don't know. I um. <laughs> Sometimes I do destroy it. I don't, yeah, like a, I, because uh, there's, I'll have to do it. Um, with the with the death tribute, it's like it'll be like two hours a night. Sometimes oh. it's like, yeah, I don't know. But yeah. I, I've, I've kind of figured out how to like warm up properly with that. And uh, I, I used to blow my voice a lot. Yeah. Wow. I don't seem to anymore. Well, so. that's good. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. I've heard there's a technique to it, but I, you know, honestly, I, I mean, I can't sing. I, I'm not a, not a very musical person. Taught myself guitar, so I'm not a very good teacher, apparently. But I've heard there's a technique, but I, I to me, that's just, I don't know how you guys do that without just being hoarse all the time, but... I, I think it's also, like, everybody who's doing it, because there's so many different you know, there's all these like different nuanced like styles of it. And it's, it's, I think everybody that's doing it is doing it differently, honestly. And like okay. different people are just built differently as far as what they can kind of handle with that or, yeah. or like how that comes out, you know? So I, yeah, I don't know. One thing like just hanging out a lot of, with a lot of guys who, who do death metal vocals, like 
it just seems like everybody's doing something different. <laughs> yeah, is there a term for that type of? What's that? Is, is there a term for that type of vocal? Like a... uh, people just call it growling. Yeah, okay. like growling death metal growls. Um, yeah. All right. That's part of that. That's like I said. That's part of the ignorance of, of my ignorance of the genres. Oh yeah. I mean, there's so many little worlds of everything, and yeah. I mean, that's that, well, like with with metal, there's so many subgenres and just so many things going on. It's yeah. you know it's a lot to. It's a lot. <laughs> well, that, what I like about it is that you guys don't stick with with just the growl. You guys have some yeah. fantastic, yeah. beautiful vocals. too but but honestly there's bands that i like that only do that you yeah. know like death metal bands and and i don't think they need anything else <laughs> you know everything's got its own threshold and yeah. yeah yeah one of the things when i first heard the uh, the new album and first of all i want to find out where it's egoista how did you come up with that name it was just something that kind of it it sounded like a cool like made up like disease of the ego or something but oh, okay. it was, yeah but then um i and then and then i realized kind of googling it that it was the it's the spanish and portuguese word for selfish yeah um so that but that still seemed kind of cool and fitting you yeah know, it, some subjects and uh it works yeah and um you know you've got a dude with a solar system orbiting his head yeah and <laughs> so yeah that that's basically it and then and then we just kind of spelled it wrong to try to beat the search engine yeah. so it didn't work it's didn't all work. seo and sem yeah 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 <laughs> like, i mean we can pretend it's like our it's artistic right yeah, exactly exactly yeah. <laughs> it, it, that's you know so so basically death metal has come down to search engine marketing well, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't think you should think too much like that. You know? but, but I don't know. I'm just trying to like differentiate it somehow. <laughs> All right. So what, what, one of the first things that drew me into the album was you have a song titled Infinite Monkey Theorem. And I love monkeys. So anything having to do with monkeys, <laughs> he got me. He got my attention. <laughs> But this song is awesome. So I'm, I'm looking at my notes. You've got some gorgeous guitars. And it's the first time I can remember hearing the word dervish in a song. Oh, yeah. And I love the ending to the song. That heavy, the, the bass. I don't know what you guys are doing, but it's it's a really awesome way to end the album, or the, the song. And then you go right into uh, Siblings Born Into Different Dimensions. Yep. Which to me, that's my favorite track on the album. I, oh, killer. I awesome. absolutely love that song. Do you have an idea of what songs you're going to sing a certain way? Like, like which this song, you know, I want to get this across. So I've, I'm, I'm going to do the death metal vocals and this songs will have none. Is there, is there a plan before? Or are you guys just kind of jamming and working it out in the studio? Uh, it's, it's pretty pre predetermined. Yeah. Like I, um, I think of like, like when it comes to writing, I really, write the vocals at the same time not necessarily lyrics you know okay but but it's like i i don't see um i don't see like the riffs or the chord progressions as separable from the melody okay okay uh and so yeah it's like it's when i write it's like i sort of already have these even even though when i don't have lyrics i have the all the clean vocal melodies are like pretty preconceived and, and often, you know, pretty like really written like this. It's like, I, I don't, I don't 
I mean, you know, sometimes something will kind of come before something else, but yeah. but a lot of times it's like, uh, and a lot of times the vocal melodies really kind of come synonymously with the harmony and then some of the stuff that becomes rich with more of that might kind of come after. So yeah, it's like, I really kind of think of it all at once. And then even with the screams, you know, even though they're not tonal, it's like, I'm, I'm hearing rhythms. Oh, okay. Pretty immediately and, and hearing like, okay, well I hear this as this screaming thing with like these kind of rhythms going on. And, and then by the time I'm like writing lyrics, I pretty much have this idea in my head already of like exactly what the vocal rhythms even for those part are and then it's sort of and that makes it maybe a little more challenging for writing lyrics because it's like i'm trying to then create sentences or phrases that fit exactly to those syllables in a way that feels good and then like still has these kind of cool catchy rhyme schemes on the end right yeah so yeah it's, it's pretty it's pretty thought of all at once though it's like i generally know immediately and and sort of conceive it all at once yeah okay all right so that that leads me to my next really two questions and i'll ask them and you because i don't exactly know the time frame on this and Mm -hmm. so you can kind of fill me in on this so sure during the recording of this album you got a new drummer and my question for that as i think they're all but two songs he he redid did did he have he played on everything he played on everything okay Okay. Yeah, he played the whole thing. He just, he just, there were some drum parts written or they're like varying degrees of drum parts, but they're not as detailed usually as what he's, you know, as what he's actually doing. And, okay. then, and then we kind of go through and we retweak everything to fit his style. So it's, yeah, it okay. depends on the part too. But. So did, did bringing him in change the, the songs though? Did it, did it change the sound of it or maybe what you wanted to do with any of the songs or was it pretty much this is what I want you to do and let's do it. I would say, I would say both. <laughs> and because it, <laughs> yeah, because it like, so what I'll do is I will at this point, usually sort of like record a demo of something. Okay. And depending on where it's at in the process, sometimes I'm bouncing ideas off of the other guys while that's, you know, but, and then sometimes I'm, it kind of just depends on the song, but I'll usually have a demo that's like pretty structured before anybody's really working on their individual parts. So then beyond that, there's kind of these layers of things that happen afterwards. Like, you know, Alex is going to improvise a lot of his bass lines or he's yeah. going to kind of construct these parts. And depending on it really it's sectional. So it's like sometimes there's a part in a song where it's just like, okay, just let's just keep, this this way because maybe i wrote this bass part that's like a counterpoint sort of thing with the guitar or maybe it's just something that really needs to be this simple minimalistic thing okay you know there's there's a huge portion of that stuff that he improvises or writes his own lines to with matt the other guitarist it's the same sort of thing like he will come up with these sort of extra layers of ideas or maybe i'll be like uh there's something that needs to still be here and then he'll kind of come up with something or we'll and then maybe i'll be like okay well let's tweak this around and we'll sit there and kind of develop stuff he does a lot of the soundscaping too a lot of the ambient stuff sometimes, sometimes i'll have like i'll know what i want tonally there or there'll be a melody or there'll be a general outline for a melody or sort of a vibe that's supposed to be there yeah and he'll take that and he'll be like, okay, well, Hey, check this sound out. You know, and we'll see some, a lot of times we do that in the room together. So it depends. Sometimes it's a lot of it's remote too. Okay. Uh, okay. It's a big mismatch of, and then it's the same with the drums. So because he's remote six, yeah, six out of the eight songs had been written like back in 2014. Yeah. When we were ready to finally approach this album, we went back, we tweaked, we, you know, I kind of tweaked certain things in there and, and then, you know, we would, we demoed everything. Everybody was like demoing their stuff. And then for the drums, the old drummer had sat down with me and, and written two of the songs like already. So we already had the drums like really, really composed for that. Okay. But you know, and then, and then I did drum programming on like, I guess all the other ones first, but then, you know, I, I'm not a drummer. And also sometimes I'm trying to leave space for certain things to happen. Yeah. Sometimes not. Sometimes there's something really specific I want, but it's, yeah, it's really different across the board depending on, on the part. So then because he's remote, our new drummer, 
we bounce transcriptions back and forth. Oh, uh, okay. Like in notation software. Wow. And, and then sometimes taking that and importing it into like MIDI drums, you know, which I already program beforehand. So there's like kind of a rough idea of what something is. Okay. And yeah, we would just bounce stuff back and forth and, and just really go into detail of, okay, well, what about this for this measure? You know, and he would kind of impose his own ideas that maybe sometimes they're almost meant to sound more improvised even, or, you know, and, and, uh, and yeah, then, but, but, you know, most of it didn't end up too improvised. It depends on the section. Sometimes with the more open sections, he was able to, um, but I think just because, and then he came up for a week and we actually tracked the real thing. Once we had that, like really fine tuned and a lot of it, he was like sight reading while he was doing it, you know, because it's pretty detailed stuff. And, you know, he didn't really have a ton of rehearsal time and he was also, he was working on another, uh, he had to play live with this other band that was like really hard for a different reason, like that he was doing like a month after that. So it's like, he, you know, and he had just tracked another album with his other band, <laughs> by the way, check that band out. Seder, really great prog band. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'll try to remember some of these names, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well, so as I'm yeah. editing, I'm going to be making notes. And if I have any questions, I'll email you. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so, you know, you know, like I, it's, it depends on the part. Um, but we, we, I mean, we did spend a lot of time really getting that to where, you know, where it felt like it needed to be. Okay. And, um, sometimes I'm kind of picky about that stuff and, uh, I'm sure that gets frustrating for those guys. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I also think like we're all kind of aligned at least in trying to make something as good as possible. And, and they they still end up with a lot of input in terms of what they're playing. So, so th- yeah. there's three years between uh, so true, so bound, and egoista. Yes. So, in that time frame, you get you actually had a pretty serious medical emergency happen. Yeah. <laughs> is that, so, yeah. What happened? Is, is, and was that part of the reason why? I mean, I'm, I'm looking, and it looks like there's usually like a three to four year gap between albums anyway, but yeah. what what was the, the, the issue if, if, if you're open to talking about it and then it did yeah, that, yeah. did that, or was that part of the reason why there's a three year gap between, because you said some of the songs were written in, in 14. Yeah. 2014. So, yeah. So which was before. So, so the, so true, so bound stuff was largely being written at the same time as a lot of the egoist stuff. And, uh, or, or, you know, maybe around, I guess we started it in 2014, but it was kind of like 2014 slash 2015. And then, okay. and then, and then, yeah, it just kind of seemed like they were two different albums, I think. And so, uh, most, even though most of the ego East and stuff was first, it kind of made sense to do this other thing first. And it was kind of all coming at once. And then, um, and then, yeah, so, so like after so true so bound so i i discovered actually like right before so true so bound was released that i had like insanely high blood pressure oh wow yeah like i don't know if you know numbers but it was like resting it was running like 180 or 190 over oh yeah like yeah it was pretty bad it was over uh like a hundred something oh my god yeah my my daughter just became a, a cna so i've suddenly become knowledgeable of blood pressure because every other day she's taking my blood pressure for her to get her certifications. That's awesome. Yeah. I have like a pretty crazy appreciation for the medical field after. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So it was like, I I went in for something totally different. Like I, I, I had a tick on me and I had been camping and one of the girls in the group we were camping with got like Lyme disease on that oh. same trip. And, you know, she caught it early enough that it was fine, but I, okay. I went to get checked for Lyme disease just cause I was like, okay, I should probably, yeah. you know, and I, I didn't have it, but they, when I went in there, they were just like, holy shit, your blood pressure is, you know, it's through the roof. You're going to die like tomorrow. <laughs> so go to the hospital now. Oh my so, God. Yeah, it's great, cause then, you know, you're panicking like, Oh, fuck. yeah, exactly. <laughs> probably makes it higher. Uh, but yeah, so, so I, um, I, went and got it checked out a bunch and uh they couldn't really figure out what it was for a long time and and then finally uh after i got this alter and like medicines didn't work for it like none of them they just weren't really doing anything and and finally i got uh like a a cat scan and it turned out that there was like a aneurysm on on the renal artery of 
one of my kidneys, which wow. and, and also I have like some kind of birth defect that my um the renal arteries, the arteries that go to the kidney are already like really, really small compared to normal ones as, wow. as well as like some of the other stuff around there. Yeah. So that was like kind of that, I guess, because it limits the blood flow, like kind of caused this aneurysm to grow and like block it all off. Wow. And, uh, and then I guess your kidneys regulate your blood pressure. So if they detect that, you know, that they're not getting enough blood, they think that, you know, there's a hormone in there that called a uh, like renin renin okay and that right. regulates it and so they pump more and then your blood pressure goes through the roof so it's i guess it's like a fairly rare thing but uh yeah i went and got this crazy surgery and they like bypassed my kidneys and uh wow and, yeah and they removed the aneurysm and um oh my i don't know God. it's been pretty good since so oh. i guess I'm lucky, yeah thank god for lyme disease yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I've gotten messed up by Lyme. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, I guess I probably shouldn't I'll take that one back. Thank God well, for Lyme disease checks. I, everything happens. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, things happen, things get... Things happen. But, you know, it wouldn't have been discovered if you, if you hadn't had that concern. So that was... Right. That was good. Yeah, yeah, I got lucky in that sense. Yeah, I might have. Yeah. So uh, so that's I would say, like, going back to, you know, I, I would. Yeah, that was a setback. It probably set us back like six months or so. Yeah. Uh, maybe not that much. I don't know. It might not have even been that much because it was like, you know, the recovery time for the surgery was maybe like two months total. And then we had a tour like right after that, like right after I recovered, we had a we had a pretty long tour, which was awesome. Oh, wow. Um, so, well, let's yeah. jump right back in it. Yeah. Which, unfortunately, you can't do with the album that just came out in August. Nope. <laughs> so what are you guys doing in the meantime? Are you, you, you writing or are you guys live streaming anything? What, what are you guys up to? Uh, yeah, like a lot of like videos, guitar videos and stuff. Um, I mean, it just came out like last week. So I, lately I've just been, you know, Alex and I have just been mailing a bunch of these pre-orders out, uh, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. But um. So I'm, well, I'm, I'm doing, yeah, like some video stuff, doing some stuff with, uh, also with the death to all thing, we've been doing like these quarantine videos. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the extent of what you can do. You know, I, I think we've thought about like streaming a concert or something, but also with Brody being in Atlanta and like the budget to like really make it something that I think would be that worthwhile is kind of like, uh, I don't know. We might do like yeah. some more quarantine videos and then, uh, I'm recording vocals. Mm, I guess in about a month, I'm kind of starting to get ready for this, uh, for that other band weight. And then, yeah, I'm kind of starting to, you know, I, I don't want to spend too much time before getting to another resist album. So I, you know, I've started kind of writing some rough ideas and just kind of, I'm like just getting into that process of, you know, starting on something new. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I, I'm a huge fan. I love, what I've heard, I've, I've li I really did enjoy going back and listening to the older albums. I mean, so true, so bound is really cool. You guys got some great solos on there, some great songs like uh, and listen to Sunlight, um, the, the song Vessel off of Sunlight is one of my favorites. That is fantastic. Oh, that you guys can go do that and then do uh something like writhe and it's like two totally different ends of the spectrum it's just that's what i like in a band a band that's versatile they, you know not everything sounds yeah you know, sure yeah not everything's not everything's the growl not everything's the uh you know the clean vocals either so right. i really love the versatility and I, th I think that's that's just really a testament to the talent of you guys and well, Take my picture. I, I just wanted, I wanted to throw out that those, the solos in that, uh, that song are fantastic. Oh, thanks man. And that's, those are kind of what, what one of the songs that made me think of, of uh, uh, Guthrie and, and Chris Poland and all this. It's just, 
that heavy jazz, but jazz influenced stuff. And it's a, that's the kind of stuff that fascinates me because to me, those are two genres that, I don't know, they, they don't seem to me like they would be connected, but the technical aspects, they're definitely, I can, I can see a connection, but if you take them out on a whole, you, you know, you just go into somebody and say, hey, here's some jazz and metal. Like, my grandfather listened to old jazz. That's not what I, you know, <laughs> it's, that's what I think of when I think of jazz, you know, like Duke Ellington and, and all. it's not necessarily John McLaughlin or something, you know? So. Right, 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 right. But I mean, it's, it's uh, the thing is music is kind of just music. And I think like, if you study it enough in some ways, like, you know, and you kind of just like, you know, harmony is harmony. And, and there are different sort of things that we're used to hearing that are, characteristic of different styles but it's not you know it's kind of all the same stuff in a certain way i mean you know not not that all music's the same i don't mean that but it's like you know there's a certain point where i think the language stuff kind of can go beyond you know just like what what we kind of typically think of of styles and it's like okay well this rhythm or this kind of harmony is like typically used in this style but you know it's there there's still you know, everything's related, I think. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And I, and I like a band that can take something that's not typical of the, of the genre they usually play and incorporate it yeah. in, into, and make it something new. And yeah. I really like what you guys have been putting out and, and the new album is, is fantastic. And you guys produce that yourselves that and, and so true, so bound, right? You guys did the, the production on that on your well, own. We didn't, um, yeah, I mean, like the engineering for the well, it, dep- it depends what part because um, we we didn't mix or master them. You know, okay. we were, yeah, um, we we did most of the recording of like the oh, yeah, all the recording like of guitars and and bass we did ourselves. The drums uh, on this one, I have a friend that that engineered them, and okay. the drummer that played on So True So Bound engineered those himself. But but yeah, and then the vocals. Um, were were engineered and produced by another friend of mine who's who's you know really good at that so so it's like yeah i kind of half and half i guess yeah okay is it difficult to do that i mean to record and then say no i got to do another take or or yeah this is this is fantastic is it difficult to edit yourself like that yeah because we're all obsessive about the details i mean there's so like in metal it's become really mechanical in some ways like the state the bar as far as you know like the technical bar has gotten to this point where you know there's a lot of people kind of doing like fake stuff like or recording at half speed and then (laughs) that becomes almost like the standard where everybody feels compelled to to do that to that level. And we try not to do that exactly just because I think we don't think it's necessary anymore. Okay. Um, you know, like, and, and maybe that's also just not even the kind of players that we are. Uh, but you know, we like it to kind of breathe a little more like a, a lot of, a lot of metal stuff now is like really quantized or it's just super on the grid to the point where, you know, it's almost because the bar is a computer. Right. And, right. And so, yeah, we try not to do that. And, and we try to keep the performances, pretty organic in that sense but like we're still going especially when you're yeah when you have all the time in the world and it's you know you don't have all the time in the world but you know you don't you're not on the clock for the most part uh well with drums we are though so yeah i mean i don't know i I think everybody's pretty picky about their playing so we're trying to get the best stuff out of ourselves for sure it's not like um you know, and that can keep going forever. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I know. I know what you mean. <laughs> so there's a lot of takes. There's a lot of takes, and then there's depending on what the part is, or you know, like with the vocals, we chopped them up a lot. You know, I probably, I, I generally do sometimes like between three to maybe even eight takes of something, and then oh, wow. we kind of go through. And sometimes you find one that's like, okay, well, this is really good. I layer a lot too, you know. So, so okay. that's another thing. So it's like you kind of get your lead take, and then you you layer a shit ton of other stuff to that. And every part's like orchestrated a little differently as far as that goes. And, um, so yeah, it's a lot of time recording. Um, oh, bad. <laughs> yeah. so do you guys find it difficult to, when you're laying that stuff to play it live and have it sound good to you guys? Uh, I don't know. They're like, they're really two different things. Okay. You know, I mean, I, I like I'm always, I never feel like I'm like ready for a performance. You know, it's, <laughs> 
Like I never, like by the time like a tour rolls around or whatever, I never, I never feel like I'm like quite there. Yeah. <laughs> um, even when I rehearse the crap out of stuff. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's kind of a different thing. And the other thing is, um, all that music is so layered, but I kind of like the idea of, cause a lot of bands are playing to backing tracks now. Yeah. And we haven't done that yet. We've been, you know, we play as a five piece live and, and have keyboards that, Sometimes it's covering keyboard parts, but sometimes it's the keyboards are even playing these layered guitar parts or these kind of ambient guitar parts. Okay. And, uh, and that, that cuts a little better than I think three guitars might at times, you know, I think three guitars gets a little tricky with engineering. There's plenty of bands that do it. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't think we think that the music has to be like super literal all the time too. Cause there's this mentality in metal. That's like very conservative in terms of like, this is the recording. And now you're trying to emulate your recording exactly live. Yeah. And to me, it's like, sometimes there's times you want that, but sometimes there's also places where it's like, okay, this is harmony and melody or riff and melody, you know, however you want to look at that. Mm-hmm. And maybe this can be interpreted a little bit different. And as long as we have all the key components to something, you know, there's room for that to change a little and create a cool live experience, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a different thing. It's a different animal. Well, I've always, I've always liked bands that when they play live, it sounds a little bit different than the album, because if I wanted to hear the album exactly like the album, I'd just put on the album. Yeah. I, (laughs) I feel that way too. Yeah. You know, and, and I, and I I like the live push a pull of things. I, I like the feeling that, you know, sometimes I like the feeling more that the musicians could be on edge or something or, and yeah, so like there's a little bit of improv that happens every night as well. You know, like oh, some cool. of the songs just we straight improv and sometimes we have these sections for a while. We were, um, if the set's long enough, we'll do like, you know, a lot of bands kind of will play segues yeah. between stuff and we improvise segues. So we'll do like oh, ambient cool. stuff with our instruments kind of when there's downtime between the songs, sometimes we'll, you know, like maybe two of the guys will just create this ambience and you know, there might just be this little minute of improvisation. That's just textural sounds and yeah, stuff oh, like that. Awesome. That reminds me because the, the, the song, uh, last flight looming. I love mm-hmm. that. That is your description. You just gave me kind of reminded me of that song. And then that, that is like the creepiest song on the album. It sounds like, like a sci-fi horror soundtrack it's it's awesome the other the other guitarist okay. yeah, yeah he did that one that was like 100 percent his creation and we knew like we needed like this really we needed something to fill that gap you know it, yeah. it just felt like it needed something between uh ego cosm and and uh spotlights and yeah he um he was kind of just vibing it out and he was like yeah i think i have something that really works for this and yeah he just kind of did that all himself and i really liked it and thought it was a good fit and yeah it really yeah. is that that yeah bridges those two perfectly it's fantastic and the slide guitar stuff yeah it's, yeah. it's yeah it's pretty cool yeah i, love yeah. I was impressed that you started the uh, album off with a 10 minute track that was pretty crazy yeah it just kind of happened like that I, <laughs> <laughs> I was like you guys you really what was the, what was the word i got i put on my notes i was just uh uh i don't know my notes are ridiculous i can't even figure out what, what the hell they <laughs> It's all good, man. It, I know. My see the the problem is with this and with my with show in general, it just goes all sometimes it just goes all over the place. Yeah. So, it's like freeform stuff. Ambitious. That's, yeah. I said and I wrote down ambitious, so Oh yeah. <laughs> all, right. all right, man, I probably I'll let you go. <laughs> all right, Mark. Yeah, nice talking. You too, I'll talk to you later.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 